Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. I am so glad that you are here. I want to welcome all of our listeners across all of the Red Sea Radio Network, uh, KEDC 88.5 in Bryan College Station, KYAR in the Waco area, and KINF 107.9 in the Palestine area. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a busy day and a a full program for you today. We're going to start today uh, with something uh, because this is the year of St. Joseph. We're going to read the St. Joseph prayer, uh, and we'll do that in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this is a, a prayer especially for uh, this year of St. Joseph, and uh, you have an opportunity to obtain a plenary indulgence by saying this prayer. Is that correct? And I've got Thaddeus in the off, in the studio here with me, and Anna. Good morning, Gene. Good morning. Indeed it is. Okay. So, uh, and, you know, the usual things on that, confession and communion uh, within seven days of saying the prayer. And the real sticker sticker is that you have to have uh, freedom from, you have, have to have no attachment to sin for a plenary indulgence as well. That's the tough part. Oh, but it's sometimes it's attached with that sticky tape. I know it. Oh, that double-sided tape? Double-sided tape and you can't get rid of it. Nope. Huh? Well, anyway, so we'll be, we'll be doing this prayer most of the, I think all of this year. Uh, Thaddeus asked each of us hosts on Red Sea Roundup to come up with a few things about St. Joseph that we that, that are important to us. And uh, the thing I came up with is that St. Joseph never speaks a word in the New Testament. You don't hear a word from him. Uh, what you do also find is... Gene, how come you haven't followed in his footsteps? <laughs> Can you, you you forgot the duct tape? <laughs> <laughs> I had I couldn't pass up that opportunity, man. Anyway, so but if you want to see most what I find most important about Saint Joseph in yes. Scripture, yes. and he's mentioned in Matthew's Gospel chapters one and two, and then in Luke chapter two uh, with the finding in the temple, and he's not even mentioned by name there. But in chapters mm. one and two of Matthew. Uh, you've got the first thing he did is he was getting ready to divorce Mary and, and an angel appeared to him and he said, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. He took his wife into his home. And then he got another dream in the middle of the night uh, telling him to get everybody out of town and go to Egypt. And it says, so Ju- Joseph got up and taking the child and his mother with him, 
left that night for Egypt. Obedient, immediate obedience. And since we're in uh, the Gospel of Mark this year, uh, the word immediate or something, some version thereof is in Mark for 30, 31 times. Hey, you know what I was thinking of? I think there's actually an Egypt, Texas. Maybe maybe we could do a pilgrimage to Egypt, Texas this year as part of the well, Feast of St. Joseph or the year of St. Joseph. Well, both the Joseph of the Old Testament and the Joseph of the New Testament went to Egypt. Yeah, they did. Okay. And so the last one, in, there are two other uh, in that that those two chapters. Uh, so he heard that uh, Herod had died. So it says, so getting, so Joseph got up and taking the child and his mother with him, he went back to the land of Israel. And then says further that, but he, when he heard it, Archelaus was the, uh, was on his father's throne. He said, being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. So, and also that note, interesting connection between the Joseph of the Old Testament and St. Joseph is dreams, both very important in their in their stories. Right. The dream is very important. The other thing is, the other interesting thing that, that most people don't really remember is that both of them had a father named Jacob. That's true. That is true. So there's a parallel between those. and Lots of interesting parallels. We yes. should, uh, you should delve more into that for us in the coming months, Gene, I think. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can do. I've got an interesting saint of the day. Too da- humble. Too humble, this man. I've got an interesting saint of the day for us. Okay. Uh, he died on February 10th, 1928. Oh, so mo- this is a modern saint. Modern saint. And he was about three weeks shy of his 15th birthday when he was killed. Oh, and a young, so a young a man. A young man. Uh, and if you've seen the movie For Greater Glory, you will have seen a depiction of this young man and his martyrdom. Uh-huh. And it is Saint... Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio. Pardon my German-American uh, pronunciation of that. All I thought you... that was a pretty good pronunciation of Spanish. Yeah, a good, solid 7 out of 10, I'd say. <laughs> Whoa, she's a tough critic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She is so Again, kind. this is this is Miss Ana Villalobos. She is our Red Sea Radio intern, currently a junior at Texas A&M. Yes, sir. Okay. Nope. She's on the radio with us this morning. She's okay. going to be contributing. And, and she's going to tell us a little this bit. Segment. Because this, he, uh, St. Jose was, like I say, uh, canonized on October 16th, 2016 by St. Francis. Uh, St. Francis, Pope Francis. Well, hopefully you'll be saint. Uh, and he was a part of the Cristeros movement, which yes, was yes. a reaction to the Mexican Revolution mm-hmm. uh, that was totally anti-Catholic. And... Uh, Anna has, was it a grandfather, great-grandfather that was part of that? My great-grandfather was a Cristero. Okay, wow. Tell us that that family story. Yeah, absolutely. So his name was Abraham Chavez, and uh, he died in the Cristero War, so then his wife took the three children. Uh, my grandmother was the baby and fled from Santa Maria de Oro on the border of Jalisco, and they fled on foot 182 kilometers to Guadalajara, where my family settled after that. And they left everything, but the reason is kind of unclear. We don't know if someone was trying to take custody of the kids, but we know it was bad enough that my great-grandmother decided to take the whole family. This was around 1929, 1930. And during that war, they had burned all the documents that were kept in the churches, and that included like my grandmother's birth documents. So we don't know my grandmother's real birth date because they, it was destroyed in the war. Um, her name is Maria Villalobos Travez, and we celebrate her on the 29th of June, and we think she's about... 91. Okay. So your your great-grandfather was a martyr in this... I was just going to say, properly yes. speaking, he was a martyr. Yes, he was a martyr. 
That's not every day I get to meet somebody who has a family member who was a martyr. That is incredible. And we don't know anything about the precise circumstances of your great-grandfather's death, though. No. My father's in Mexico right now, and they're trying to get more of our family history up, but that's as much as we know right now. Yeah, so this you literally found this out this morning before coming on the air because we were talking about doing this segment on San Jose, and you decided to call your, your father and, and get some of this information. So this is kind of breaking news for you. <laughs> yes, I've always, I have always known that my great-grandfather was a Cristo. I didn't know a lot of the, the details, so I called my father. There's actually, um, in Guadalajara, there's a church dedicated to the martyrs. It's called Santuario Martires de Cristo Rey. Okay. And that's a church dedicated okay. to all of them. Let's get back a little bit to San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, when he was 12, he joined the Cristero movement. Uh, and uh, it's, if, you look at, if you look at what he did, he, he eventually was allowed to be the flag bearer for uh, General Mendoza. And if you watch for greater glory, uh, it shows that interaction between San Jose, or Jose and General Mendoza, who had only daughters. And the the story goes, and you can find this on the uh, what is it? Catholic dot org has the saint of the day. You can read all <laughs> this that's coming from here. Uh, that he, uh, General Mendoza's horse was shot out from under him, and Jose gave General Mendoza his horse. Okay, and then. Because of that, he wasn't able to get away during the battle, and he was taken captive. And uh, so he basically sacrificed himself, himself for, for, for General Mendoza. Mendoza. And uh, well, he was captive for a while, and uh, he uh, was given various opportunities to say death to Christ the King, and he wouldn't. Uh, in the final scenes of that, in the final scenes of his life in that movie, it depicts what happened to him, where the bottoms of his feet were cut sliced, and then he was forced to walk across town to the cemetery where they shot him and, and, and killed him. But he, you know, he ended up saying, Vida Cristo Rey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was actually, <clears throat> if I can jump in here, that rallying cry, those were the last words of another martyr, St. Miguel, Miguel Pro, Pro who, who was it, a, a it, Jesuit priest. He had been killed that uh, previous November, right. 1927. And yeah. that, that became the, that was the genesis of the Cristero movement, was blessed, uh, sorry, Saint uh, Miguel Pro's death. Yes, and if you, in the movie at least, uh, Viva Cristo Rey is the battle cry yes, of the Cristeros. exactly. And ironically, the Calles government, the secularist government who executed Saint Miguel Pro, they wanted journalists there and they had it covered and, and they distributed photo, photographs of his death widely, hoping that it would be a deterrent to Catholics practicing their faith and it would be an intimidating factor. And it actually had the exact opposite effect. Pictures of his execution became like holy cards. They were distributed circ- um, secretly and passed around. And then pretty soon the government said, uh, actually, no, you may not possess one of these photographs of of his death, but it was too late. The Cristero movement had already arisen. I would like to speak to the young men who might be listening today uh, to the program that uh, what what we see here in, in, in San Jose's life is that you're never too young to serve God. Yes. And you're never too young to declare yourself for God. Yes. And you're never too young to face the opposition that you have uh, to that are questioning your faith and and 
telling you that life would be a lot easier if you just denied your faith. That's right. That's so, right. So, uh, uh, Michael, among those out there that are listening right now and others, uh, take this man as you – and he was a man. At, at 14 and a half, he was a man. Yes. Uh, take this man as, as your model. Uh, and and those of you that are in college age, I will say uh, look at a, a blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati as your – as a model for you, mm-hmm. there are a lot of young priests, or the 15-year-old that, that was declared blessed recently, who was the Carlo computer nurse. Mm-hmm. The, the young man, you have so many models in the that the church has given to us. Yes, and so I would just look for them. You'll you'll find them. Excellent words, Gene. Very very stirring words. Very good. good. Thank you. So, what do we got going on uh, as far as Red Sea Radio is going right now? Just Red Sea Radio, we are plowing ahead and um, moving full speed ahead into this year of St. Joseph and trying to put different sorts of programming on the air in between our shows to help you mark this year of St. Joseph. And we're looking at having an event in the springtime to bring families together in a safe way um, to celebrate this year of St. Joseph and the year of the domestic church. And then we're you know, aiming towards getting ready for our benefit dinners in the fall. So and you've got stay a, tuned. You've got a new podcast that you're doing with Father Chris Smith. Yes, here at St. yes, Mary's. thank you. Yes, uh, Father Chris Smith, who is the associate pastor at St. Mary's, he uh, came to us and said, hey, I want to put a podcast together with a couple of students, aim it at the concerns and the needs of uh, college students, and I want to do it with y'all. And we said, hey, we are on board. So we've got, it's interesting you mentioned blessed... Uh, Pier Giorgio Frassati, because he's the the patron of that program. It's the Verso L'Alto podcast, Adventurously okay. Catholic. It, now, uh, hit, how, it debuts, it's podcast only, so it's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Thursdays at 11 a.m. is when it Now, drops. how can somebody find that? We're just about out of time. I Go to redsearadio.org. It's listed there on our podcast page, or like I said, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. It's not on the air currently. It's just a podcast-only show, one of our first podcast-only shows, along with Pam Marvin, uh, her shoulder-to-shoulder podcast with Megan Silas. Okay. Check them both out. Okay, so... uh, What do we got on the other side, Gene? On the other side, we'll have Dennis Daniel. Let me be my annual talking to people about the men's ministry uh, in the Austin Diocese. Francis de Sales once said, It is when it is hardest to pray that we must pray the hardest. Amen. I was dead in the grave. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. And again, it's uh, Wednesday. February 10th, 2021. Uh, welcome back all of our listeners on KEDC 
in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. If you want to call us and talk to us, and even if you want to go back and talk a little bit about what we said in the first half, give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 85-683-7332. And I have my guest with me here now, Dennis Daniel, who's the executive director for the Central Texas Catholic Fellowship of Catholic Men. Boy, that's a mouthful, Dennis. Yes, it is. It, it is a mouthful. And, you know, I was listening to the earlier segment, and you said, well, it's my annual visit. We need to fix that. You know, <laughs> we really do. Yeah, I really love coming over here and, and seeing you guys and uh, and uh, hanging out with all the Aggies. So, uh, yeah, we need to fix that. <laughs> I, I can handle a fix on that. All right. All right. Uh, but... Uh, you also said that you, you heard us talk about St. Joseph, and you had a comment about that. And then we'll talk a, a little bit about uh, what, why you're here and what Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men is all about. Yeah, last year at our conference, uh, Deacon Guadalupe from the diocese talked a little bit about the book, The Consecration to St. Joseph. And uh, I picked it up and started reading it with the intent of doing the consecration this year. And the book is just absolutely incredible. Uh, there's just so much... Uh, new, well, some of it is new and some of it is just very, very old, just not well-known uh, information about St. Joseph. So it's it's very fascinating. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are talking it up. And you said you were in the middle of the book and what? Well, the book is, is broken out into, into three different segments. Um, there's a historical portion, which is segment two, and then there's a consecration for individuals and a consecration for uh, groups. And um, uh, so what I did is I read the historical content first mm-hmm. to prepare myself for the consecration. And it's just absolutely fascinating. You know, we, we, we all recognize that Jesus is the Savior of the world. But one of the things that it points out in the book is that Joseph was the Savior of Jesus. Yes, he was, wasn't he? Come yeah. to think of it. Yeah. Yes. And it's just, it's just really fascinating about how much that men can learn from the model of St. Joseph. Right. Uh, uh, okay. Um, so the other thing that's interesting, uh, Thaddeus and I were talking about Joseph of the Old Testament. He was the savior of the Israelite people taking them to, uh, to uh, Egypt when they were going to die of famine in the promised land. Right. You know, and, and of course, you know, we all understand the prefigurement that takes care that takes place in the Old Testament that that comes to fruition in the New. Well, you know, the whole story of Joseph going to Egypt, uh, you know, saving uh, you know the Israelites through being able to give them bread and so forth, and then Saint Joseph going to Egypt, saving the bread of life for. Mm-hmm. The, for us, you know, it's so there's so much prefigurement between the, the, the first Joseph of the Old Testament and St. Joseph as well. And all that is pointed out in the book as well. So it's a great book. It's Father Don Calloway that uh, wrote the book. So, okay. And so yeah. people can Google it or do a search and find it. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. And I will apologize to listeners who have heard this before, but we have some new listeners. And, and I always learn something every time. Someone tells me about this. This is your second or third time here. Before that, it was Mike Kelly that came. Right, right. Uh, the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men has been around for 13 years. Uh, it was founded uh, in Waco and uh, chartered uh, by Bishop uh, by Bishop Amond. And um, so we've been around for a long time. And we started out focusing in on planting ministry to men in parishes. 
Um, and that grew from that to putting on a men's mass, and then it eventually turned into putting on a men's conference. Uh, we're getting ready to have our ninth annual conference this year. Um, and then about, I guess it was about five years ago, uh, they brought on Mike Kelly as executive director. Uh, Mike served admirably for a couple of years, and then uh, they asked me to move from being a board member to the executive director. And so I've, I've been, uh, I'll be the ED for three years, I believe, this coming June. Wow. So uh, St. Joseph must be a special patron of the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men also. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because St. Joseph, as well as St. Paul, because St. Paul was uh, uh, evangelist, and that's what we're trying to do is be evangelist to the men of the Diocese of Austin and St. Joseph as well. And that, you know, you know, our whole calling is to strengthen the man. If you strengthen the man, you strengthen the family. Right. If you strengthen the family, you strengthen the church. If you strengthen the church, you fix society. And that's our motto of the, of the Central Texas Fellowship, and uh, that's what we're trying to do. So St. Joseph plays a big part in that. Give us a little bit of a, a status of where we are. Last year, there was a plan for a lot of growth, and then uh, COVID came along. So how, how did, what is the status today, and, and how did COVID affect all of that? You know, uh, we're no different than, than anyone else. Uh, as we entered into COVID, we had, uh, I think it was 43 or 44 active dynamic men's groups. We call them dynamic men's groups in the parishes. We actually launched one mid-COVID uh, over in Lexington, as a matter of fact. Uh, the guys well, at Lexington got together. They just celebrated their first birthday as a, as a dynamic men's group. And, uh, but we were running right at 1,150 men. We're meeting each week across the Diocese of Austin. Uh, last year's conference, you know, I came and talked to you guys about the conference. We had just over 1,100 men at last year's conference. And then whenever COVID hit, uh, like everything else, everything shut down. Um, we had a number of groups that continued to meet through COVID. They were using Zoom, using FaceTime, uh, you know, meeting outdoors, you know, so they could socially distance and so forth. But um, just like everything else, you know, our, our active guys face-to-face -face meeting every week, it dropped to about a third, which is about the same thing as what we see, uh, you know, in, in parishes, you know, at Mass. And mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, what we're envisioning is that this year, as the vaccine becomes more available, this is going to be a rebuild year. It's going to be a rebuild year for the parishes. It's going to be a rebuild year for for the fellowship. And we're really calling on men. You know, we're guys are action oriented. You know, our whole thing is let's go accomplish something. Let's go do mm -hmm. something. Let's go kill a mastodon. Let's go build a building. Well, this year is is the year of rebuilding for the fellowship and for the church. So that's that's what we're calling on men to do. Men were pretty successful. I haven't seen a mastodon in a long time. Yes, that is true. That is true. You know, uh, I, I kind of use that as a tongue-in-cheek example, but, uh, you know, some guy jumps up and says, hey, let's go kill a Mastodon, and all of a sudden he's got a group of people going, yeah, let's go do that. But so, I, I would guess that one of the things that came out of uh, the COVID crisis is, uh, I'm going to call it Zoom meetings for lack of anything yeah. else, because that's what everybody talks about is Zoom, Yeah, and adding that. So that, that kept some of the men somewhat together, and Absolutely. it probably also... 
Uh, I guess one of the things that might have also done is that uh, if someone was 50 or 100 or 1,000 miles away, they could still participate in the meeting. I know that I'm a, I participate in a men's meeting here at St. Mary's on Wednesday mornings, and although we're still meeting – we're meeting in person again. We still have people that are meeting by Zoom. Yeah, absolutely, us. absolutely. You know, it's. I, I think that we've we've actually learned a lot as a result of COVID. I think that the significance of of relationship is growing as a result of that. People really miss being with with other people. Zoom has been a nice uh, addition uh, in that people have learned how to hold those long distance meetings. I've been in men's group meetings with uh, one of our members moved to Kentucky in the middle of COVID. And so he continued to participate, even though he was in Kentucky. We had another guy calling in from Canada. And, um, you know, so one of the things that we're doing differently this year for the conference is not only we're, we're going to have in person, but we're also going to have it virtually so the conference will be available uh, ver- online as well so well you were telling me that uh, that uh, there is a group and I don't remember where it is somewhere out in the western reaches of the diocese that finds it very very difficult to get to Austin for those conferences yeah and that zoom will do that uh, tell us a little bit about the conference while we're here and then we'll come back to some of the things about Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic men sure sure so so the conference is on February the 20th. Uh, it's going to be held at St. William's again uh, this year. Beautiful church, largest church in the diocese. We always go there because of its size. Um, we're limited uh, because of COVID. We've got uh, a lot of uh, uh, social distancing requirements and so forth. So we're limited attendance this year. It's uh, 450. So for those of you who have been to St. William's, 450 is a drop in the bucket of what yeah, that church right. will That's hold. That's about a third of what it'll hold, isn't it? Yeah, it's a third of its normal capacity, and it's about a quarter of what uh, its max, what its C-max is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we've got three awesome speakers. Uh, Dr. Tim Gray is one of our speakers. Okay, He's now, just so excellent. T- tell people who Dr. Tim Gray is in case they don't know. So if you don't know who Dr. Tim Gray is, he is the founder of the Augustine Institute. Uh, and which the, is in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Uh, they are the people that put together Formed. They're the people. It's Lighthouse Catholic Media is one of their products, uh, one of their product groups now. And um, uh, they've actually been working with us uh, for a special website for men as well that we'll get around to. I know we're going to talk right. about that in a little bit. But uh, very, just just an awesome, awesome uh, theologian, and and uh, his Bible reflection is just an absolutely incredible. So he's going to be one of our speakers. Uh, he's leading off. Uh, we have a uh, a guy by the name of Matt Burke who was a center for the Minnesota Vikings whenever they played uh, ball. We, we won't hold that against. We him, won't hold that against him, but uh, he has. Um, uh, his story is that he had fallen away from the faith, but has come back. And uh, after having retired from from pro football, uh, he's established a foundation for for youth. And uh, so he's going to give his story. Um, and then we also have uh, an evangelist by the name of John Sablon. Uh, John is actually the first guy I've ever met from Guam. And um, uh, but John is also going to be on now, our. Excuse me, uh, I just noticed that the World of Blaze Ministry is that the group out of. New Jersey? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's. I think he may be in California somewhere. Okay, because right? so, there's several blazes, and, yeah. and there's well, one. There's one here. here. Yeah, yeah. I know Angela Trotter quite well, and um, uh, but John Sablon will be there, and uh, of course the bishop is doing mass. We're going to do a rosary beforehand. 
Uh, we're we're going to do a divine mercy uh, at the end. We'll have confessions all day long. So uh, it's it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. Now, I, one of the people I see on is Father uh, Basil. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Father Basil is the pastor at Holy Cross in um, uh, in uh, Austin, and last year the Holy Cross Choir provided the music for the men's conference, and uh, so this year Father Basil is going to lead off with uh, with doing the rosary for us, and I think he's also going to do the uh, chaplet for us at the end of the day. So, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. Well, that's interesting. So that's February twentieth between. Mm-hmm. 7 and 3.30. Yes, it'll actually shift a little bit earlier because the parish has to get ready for confessions and they have to, you know, clean the facility yes. again beforehand. So uh, we'll probably be out of, I think we have to be out of the building by either 2 or 2.30 that day. Okay. So, yeah. I've been to a couple of these. I'm not going to be able to get to this one because of a family commitment I have, but it's it's worth the trip. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, I've been going to them for a long time and uh, we always have excellent speakers and the fellowship among the guys is just incredible um and so um i'm I'm really looking forward to it it's it's always a pleasure to i mean guys from all over the diocese come in we have guys that'll drive in you know for a hundred miles i mean of course you know the diocese is 200 miles north south and 200 miles east west so Mm -hmm. we have guys that drive in from all over we've got guys uh, you know there'll be a bunch of guys from college station that'll go over and from waco and west and san marcus and uh you know, it's going to be good. It's always good. Okay. My guest today is Dennis Daniel. He's the executive director of the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. I would invite you, our listeners to give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332, especially our listeners out and away from us. Uh, we got listeners hopefully on KEDC 88.5 here in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Those of you in Palestine, we're going to be talking a little bit later about something. Well, we're going to be talking about some things. You're not excluded in this just because you happen to be in the Tyler Diocese. Uh, the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, through through uh, some work that they're doing, uh, invites you to be a participate even in this particular conference. So so let's say we got some men in Palestine that that have maybe either have a small men's ministry, or maybe it's a Knights of Columbus, mm-hmm. or somebody, uh, you got a brother-in-law in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, and you think that the brother-in-law might benefit from this. How can they go about signing up for this conference, and where can they get information about what the conference is and how to do all this? Yeah, our website is syntexcatholic.com. And they can go out there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are the conference is going to be broadcast or, or uh, streamed live, and uh, so they can go out there. You can buy tickets uh, if you're going to be in person. The tickets are one price. If you're going to do it online, it's a different price. It's I think it's like twenty five bucks if it's all, if you're going to do online. And we highly encourage people to do that. So it's one of those things that we know we have to reach out to guys. We, we were talking earlier. It's really hard. If you're living in the Hill Country, it's hard to get to Austin. You know, 1431 is not the best, you know, mm-hmm. not the best drive going from, you know, Marble Falls into, into uh, Austin. And uh, so, you know, this year with COVID, we just said, okay, let's be a little bit flexible here and figure out how to do the, how to do the conference virtually as well. So with virtual, it could be that somebody, somebody that's bedridden could be going to the conference. It could, yes. be, uh, could be somebody that's on a road trip. Yep. It could be a group of men uh, somewhere that just don't feel like they can drive to Austin. Mm-hmm. So you're encouraging pe- men to, uh, to, to take the virtual 
Uh, and, and, and if you, for example, let's say there's somebody in, I don't know, some little town by Marble Falls that wants West to form Failure. a <laughs> West Failure, okay, wants to form a men's group yes. and they don't feel that they've got what it takes to do all that. And it just, and a men's group can be what, one, two, three people? Yeah, we actually recommend that guys start small and let it grow organically. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, Jesus started the first men's group, you know, just by Andrew and Peter and him, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of grew from that. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the model that we want to see guys do, um, you know, is is start out with, with two and and. Draw four more. You know, Curtis Martin was one of our speakers last year. He talks about spiritual multi, you know, multiplication yeah, and, and, and just just kind of collect guys around you. And then whenever it gets to a certain point and it gets uh, it gets a little bit too hard to manage, then uh, you know we've got some tools and some techniques that they can use. So anyone that wants to get started with uh, with a men's program or a, or a men's group. Uh, and we again, we call them dynamic men's group because that's what we want them to be. Give us a phone call. Give me a phone call. My my email address is out on our website, and I've got guys positioned all over the diocese yeah, whose role that it is is to help people get started. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the men positioned across the diocese. That's mm-hmm. that's something that you don't see a lot of places. So that means that you don't have to be driving that two hundred by two hundred mile. Uh, diocese all the time to to keep track of what's going on and to help out. Right. Talk. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, it's what the deanery leads. Yeah. So we have we have guys positioned in each deanery, and and a lot of people aren't familiar with the organizational structure of the of the diocese. But the bishop uh, has broken the diocese up into deaneries of ten to fifteen parishes. Okay. And each deanery is a certain geographical area because typically. The priests in those areas have similar problems, so similar issues that they deal with. And so uh, it's a loose affiliation, if you will, of parishes there. And what we've done with the fellowship is we parallel that organization structure. So I have men in each of the 11 deaneries across the diocese, uh, and their role is to work with the guys of those parishes that are geographically close to them. Uh, I make it out to the deaneries periodically. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be meeting with the deanery leads from uh, from College Station today while I'm over here. Um, and there's but, some good men too. By oh, the way, they're awesome guys. They're awesome guys. Dave Jordan and Mike Bonin are just are, are just awesome guys. Mike was actually in the uh, diaconate formation uh, before he moved here to the you know to the diocese mm-hmm. of Austin. But all all the deanery leads are are excellent, and they all have practical experience. They've been through the process of setting mm-hmm. up a men's group or operating a men's group, and uh, so they're they're that's what we're here for. We're here to help. Yeah, and again, they they you if they contact you via the web page or whatever. Uh, you can put them in contact with the dean. Really. Yes, absolutely. And, and and the other thing about the web page is, if you just remember Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men or CT, uh, can't ever get it the right. Yeah, that you they can they can yeah, do a Google web it. search and find it. Yeah, Google or it. Or you can, I believe, you're also mentioned on the the uh, diocesan, diocesan web page. Webpage. Yes. So there are a lot of ways that you could find out about this. Uh, so uh, again, I think what you're saying is that no matter how small you are, or even if you don't have the full your your pastor is saying well it's just not not going to work here mm-hmm. that you don't have to be formal you can you can do something very informal yeah essentially what we're trying to do is we're, we're really trying to create men's small groups in the parishes okay that's really what the the model and um 
we have content that's that's readily available. One of the things that we've done is we've actually put a con- put together a content library, and it's online. So, uh, and we have a specific website for that. It's designed specifically for men, so that they can go out and find content. So they don't have to be they don't have to recreate the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the whole idea is how do you establish a small group? How does that small group grow? Because Jesus called us all to be disciples. And, you know, one of the things that Jesus didn't come down from heaven to get himself back to heaven. No, he he didn't, did he? Yeah, he came down from heaven to bring us with him. And so Mm -hmm. if we're really disciples, we need to be worried as much about the other person as we do about ourselves. So, you know, what we want guys to be able to do is become comfortable in their own skin and comfortable in their own faith so they can help lead others to you know, lead others to Christ. Now, Central Texas Fellowship's website has a lot of materials there. Mm-hmm. And then something has happened over the last several, what, couple of years to, uh, with a with a national organization yeah. and something else that you were talking about with a, with the Augustine Institute. Why don't you go into a little bit about your webpage and then that, that formation of the national level mm-hmm. thing and what the webpage is that, that you okay. got with Augustine. Yeah, so... Uh, you know what we what has happened. There is a movement happening, not only in Central Texas but across the country and now across the world. Very pertinent, given that this is the year of Saint Joseph, um, and essentially the movement is to re-energize the men of the church. Uh, for so long, um, you know. The, the, the pastors, uh, the priests, would they, they really depended on the women because a lot of the guys were MIA. And so this movement has been underway for several years now. Uh, and what's happened is we have actually come in contact with other dioceses that have similar things to the CTFCM. And several years ago, um, our founder and some of the other founders, they got together and, and they created a national group called the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. And the idea of that is to tie all of the dioceses together loosely and share best practices from one diocese to the next. How do you start up a parish? Uh, how do you start up a diocesan uh, uh, you know, men's group? How do you put on a conference? Things along those lines. And so that's been happening now for three or four years, uh, and uh, CMLA is doing some really good work across the country trying to essentially do the same thing. You know, where I'm working across our diocese, we've got guys that are doing the same thing across the country, trying to plant ministry demand in every diocese in the country. Um, This year, uh, and I mentioned, uh, you know, Dr. Tim Gray our, uh, the board of directors for CMLA reached out to Dr. Tim Gray at the Augustine Institute, wanted to build a partnership there, and we had created a content list. All that we had in the Diocese of Austin was just an Excel spreadsheet that said, look, here's a bunch of content, guys. You can Google search this and find it and use this because people in Austin have used it. Well, we took the idea to the Augustine Institute and they took that content list and created a website of live video content for men with that as the foundation. And it's called heroicmen.org. It is an awesome, awesome website. 
And, um, and it's a lot easier to remember than CT. Oh, you bet. Than, you bet. Than your website name. And it, and so all you have to do is go out to heroicmen.org. Uh, right now it's all free content. And there's stuff out there by uh, the Knights of Columbus into the Breach video series is out there. That Man Is You is out there. Uh, Father Larry has got stuff out there. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers has got out got content out there. Uh, the Search by Chris uh, Chris Stefanik is out there. It's just and, a and lot I of incredible al- content. And I also noticed that you have a Capens Men's content out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's just a special person to me. Yeah, Father Capen. Yeah. Again, my guest today is Dennis Daniel. He's the executive director for the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. And we are talking about men's fellowship and with the status of men's fellowship within the Catholic Church, particularly in the Austin Diocese. But we've just started talking a little bit more about what's going on outside the diocese. If you would like to offer a comment or have a question, you can give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. I sure would like to hear from somebody out there, uh, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in the Central Texas area, and KINF 107.9 FM in the Palestine area. Dennis, tell us about Heroic Men. It's basically a form for men, isn't it? It is. It's That's exactly what it is. It's formed for men. Uh, and uh, it's just a it's just a very very helpful uh, helpful tool. You know, one of the things that we spotted is guys would recreate the wheel. Every 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 parish had to have a guy that was looking for content uh, in order to keep things fresh, and we saw that as as a weakness. We want guys building fellowship. We don't want guys having to do research projects. So that's why we came up with the idea of having a content list, and that's where the whole idea for Heroic Men came from is, hey, guys, you all spend your time in relationship building, and if you just decide what you want, and we've already got it here for you. And so it's, uh, it, it, it really works out very well. I think you were telling me uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago that you actually have the uh, set the national level uh, organization actually has diocese contacting them about how to start a men's uh, program in their diocese. Can, yes. can you comment on that a little bit? Well, what it is, 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 as I said, you know, there's a, there's, there's this groundswell that's taking place that there's a general recognition that, that men have been overlooked for so long. And uh, so, yeah, we've got, uh, 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 as an example, the Diocese of Austin is recognized as, as a lead diocese in the country. There's probably a couple of dozen dioceses that are out there that have been holding conferences for a long time. I mean, we've got there's one diocese that's been holding a conference for over 20 years. They get over between three and four thousand guys at a at a conference. So what we've done is we've pulled together this expertise of people that have been do- doing it, and now what we've done is we're putting a diocese that is interested at a conference or, or whatever, we're putting them in contact with subject matter experts, people that have done it, people that have been there. Uh, and uh, so that's that's what we're doing uh, to help expedite, ex, you know, help speed up the process, if you will, of getting uh, uh, ministry to men started in all these different dioceses. We've got a number of bishops that are extremely supportive, you know, 
uh, Bishop, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Ziss, uh, you know, Bishop Condorla. Um, you know, we work with those guys on a regular basis. We had Mike Kelly, as a matter of fact, went down to Victoria and he's been up to um, uh, been up to San Angelo, you know, to help those dioceses get started. So that's what we're doing now. And it's not just it's not just Texas diocese oh, no. that are interested in all of this. No, it's all over the country. Uh, you know, into the breach that the that the Knights of Columbus, um, which is uh, fought Bishop Olmsted in, in Phoenix, Olmsted in Phoenix, right? They, who just coincidentally was Bishop of Wichita before he went to Phoenix, right. which is where Father Capon was from. Oh, okay, all right, that's awesome. Uh, and and uh, Bishop Lestecki, Archbishop Lestecki, uh, I was up at Milwaukee a couple of years ago for their conference, and Archbishop Lestecki was there for the conference all day long. You oh. know. And, and, and it's just awesome to see that that level of support for our bishops. Uh, you know, Bishop Amon was a tremendous supporter. You know, uh, Bishop Joe is a tremendous supporter. Uh, so, you know, seeing that that passion and that energy there out of the bishops, it's really important because men do look for the leadership to come from the clergy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they look for that pastoral uh, engagement, that pastoral uh, awareness that 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 they're important, you know. Uh, and and what, what you're talking about is some, not something to replace the Knights of Columbus, for example. It's a supplement, is it not? It, absolutely. I would say that easily half of our members are also Knights. And, uh, you know, the, the Knights' charism is, is very service-oriented. You know, it's very much let's do things in support of the parish and let's do things in support of the community. Uh, it's a great organization. I'm I'm a knight. Uh, I'm a past grand knight of of uh, my council in Round Rock, um, but our charism is slightly different. Our charism is specifically targeting the spiritual development of of the men, and um, you know if you go back to the the Acts of the Apostles, it talks about four marks of the early church. Uh, they were very tight communally. There was a tight com- uh, you know community uh, in the church. They were very well steeped in the teaching of the apostles. They were very deep in prayer, and they had a deep sacramental life. And those were the four marks of the early church. And I think that if you look at it in reflection, we've lost some of those things over time. And so what we're trying to do with these small groups, with these men's fellowships, is rebuild some of the areas that don't always get addressed. You know, we're, we're rebuilding the communal activity between men. We're rebuilding the teaching uh, so that guys can, can be well steeped in their faith uh, without having to go build a project. You know, we're not mm-hmm. here to barbecue chickens. We're not here to go build a building. We're here to invest time in, in the soul of the guy. And by doing that, we believe that we, we rebuild the, you know, we strengthen the men's soul, we strengthen the men's prayer life, uh, and that leads to him strengthening his family life and, and thereby the church. I can tell you, uh, I've been through the That Man Is You program, uh, and it, it's an excellent program. Some of its material may be a little dated now because it's been around for, what, 15, 20 years probably? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, But it's it's so good, and it, it brings uh, uh, Steve Bowman brings in so much information about what's going on in the world and, and how to, a Catholic man should be looking at it. And and I'm, it, I, I don't know all of the other materials that you have. Like I say, I know about Capon's men, and some of the, uh, and uh, I know Father Larry Richards to me is just 
outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the things that are like on heroic men, I mean, they're just there. And it's, 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 it's really a men's, some of those things could be a men's ministry startup in a box. Too. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that man is you, you know, people don't recognize this, but the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men was instrumental in, in introducing that man is you into the Diocese of Austin and spreading it across all the various parishes. Uh, that's one of our go-to uh, you know, programs. Uh, and that's a that's a full-year program, a, a, several years of full-year program, where it's a video discuss, discussion questions and uh, kind of how, how do you go about doing this? Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I. I think that I'm actually in year six right now. They have over six years of products that mm-hmm. are out there. And, you know, one of the things that, because that's how I got engaged with Ministry to Men was through that Manage You. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through a chirp retreat. I joined the Knights of Columbus, and I was looking for, for something else spiritually, and, and I got involved in that Manage You at my parish. And, um, you know, but one of the things that we saw was that, um Early on, uh, that man as you is really great, and everybody is energized and so forth. But but whenever you see the same speaker week in and week out for long periods of time, a lot of times guys will get burned out. Right. And so so what we did is as as parishes move through that man as you and they finish the series, they would start looking for other content. And they would just on their own, they would find additional stuff and they mm-hmm. find Father Larry, they find Deacon Harold or, or whatever. And we've compiled all that now. So if you do get involved in that manage you and you want a break, guess what? We've got content that's out there that's yeah. already ready for you in the box. Uh, we use a lot of the, the, the basic framework that Steve laid out uh, to set up and run the program it's a really good framework if you have a large parish. Right. And what we've done is is we've kind of augmented that with well what do you do if you're a small parish? What if you have what if you don't have enough critical mass to draw in 30 or 40 guys? Uh, how do you set that up? And we augment that and so that's kind of how we coach our parish. I know the group here in in uh, St. Mary's had some material that Mike Bonin brought up from I believe from Houston mm-hmm. of a, a year worth of material. Uh, and then recently we uh, read, uh, we're doing a book study of Jacques Philippe's Time for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, it, Jacques Philippe's Time for God is 127 pages or something like that. And we spent like 15 or 20 weeks right. doing that. And, and it's, it's all about prayer. And it's, it's, we, I've, we can see the growth in each other through this process of, of unfolding what it means to pray. Uh, so it's, I, I just really recommend uh, a men's program there. And, and I, I'd like you to talk about a little bit about the guy or maybe the wife is listening and the, uh, the husband is off working today, but she knows that her husband is looking for something and he wants to just, he's got a buddy or two, but they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. How, how do they go about starting that? Um. Start. <laughs> well, I, uh, I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is like, look, get together for a beer, get together for a cup of coffee, you know, open with a prayer, close with a prayer. You know, if you know, build, it's all about relationships first. One of the things that 
Jesus never led off by teaching someone. He always took care of their temporal needs first. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the woman at the well, you know, the first thing is he built relationship. Hey, can I have a drink? You know, let's have a little bit of conversation. And then then he took care of her, her deeper problems. So the first thing is just spend time together and build relationships. And then you slowly introduce, you know, you, you, a, a prayer into that and you start to have a, a targeted discussion about your prayer life and whenever you're ready to to get into learn well, well what's the question what are the things that are bugging you what are the things that you want to talk about and you know we can either help you with content that way or, or you know we can set up a, a dialogue with your parish priest or with mm-hmm. a deacon inside your parish uh, and uh, you allow that to organically grow you know and what we recommend is that start slow uh, allow that organic growth to occur. And then whenever you have five or six guys and you recognize that, hey, we're really on fire and we want to reach out to other other men, then then you're ready to go reach out to other men and give us a call and we'll help you go through that. You know, and I would guess that there may be some people that are listening to this or somebody who's going to uh, take the podcast that they hear of this program and send it to someone that's on the other side of the world Uh and that maybe is even in a men's group now, but but it's found it's foundering because they don't. I mean, it's just gotten stale. So yep. there's some way to freshen it up. What you've got here, absolutely. You know, one of the things that that we see is a lot of times people get comfortable in what they're doing, and uh, you you really have to ask yourself the question: Are we vibrant? Are we vibrant? Is our, you take is our, your pulse. Yeah, take your pulse every now and then. And if you're if if you're not seeing a vibrancy, if you're not alive, that's not a good sign. Okay. And one of the things that our deanery leads do is they will work with you as a as a core team leader or as a group leader at your parish to say, look, I mean, the players rarely coach a football team. Right. So our deanery leads can come in and work with you to say, okay, these are some things that you might consider in order to to inject a little vibrancy back into your uh, back into your group. And and I'll tell you, I really recommend parish priests, parish priests, ask your guys, are you vibrant? Are you alive? Are you reaching out? I mean, you know, the laity are the arms and the legs not only of Christ, but the arms and the legs of the priest. Mm-hmm. The priest can't be everywhere. You know, I was talking to to Father Ryan. You guys know Father Ryan Higdon. Yep. Father Ryan's my pastor at, at St. Louis in Waco now. And, you know, he's got something between 50 and 60,000 people in his parish boundary, you know, physically inside his mm-hmm. parish boundary. The only way that he can reach those people is through the active disciples in his parish. And that means that those disciples in his parish have got to be active. They've got to be able to get out there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, you know, I encourage the parish priests, if you've got a men's group, ask them, hey, guys, are you growing? Are you vibrant? Are you attracting other people? You know, one of the things that that dawned on me just this morning, I meditate a lot as I'm traveling around the diocese, and I, re- I realized something. A lot of our men's groups are guys that are, say, 55 and older because they're retired and they have a good time. You know, they've got retirement time and all this other stuff. But the first people that Jesus called, these were all working age guys. Yeah. You know, these were not. Yeah. They were able to get out. And and, I mean, they walked around the world. You know, this is not a bunch of old guys that was doing this. So, Mm -hmm. 
you know, you have to look at your men's group and say, am I attracting younger men? You know, am I attracting people that look differently than me? You know, am mm-hmm. I attracting, do I have any, any, you know, if, is, is, if my men's group is all a bunch of old white guys and I don't have diversity in my men's group, that's a problem. You know, yeah. we got to think about things differently in order to, to make those men's groups vibrant. Okay, again, my uh, guest today is Dennis Daniel, Executive Director of the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. Dennis, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Uh, Quick recap. Tell us a little bit more about the conference and how to sign up and how to get all this information we've been talking about. Conference is February the 20th. Uh, registration starts at 7 o'clock. We're going to start with a rosary. we got speaker uh, rosary and mass in the morning, speakers all day long. Uh, we have, um, if you go to the website, our website is syntexcatholic.com, syntexcatholic.com. Uh, you can order tickets for in-person or online at syntexcatholic.com. You can also find a link to Heroic Men. That is uh, the place where we have all of this, um, uh, all of this content that's available. And if anyone has any questions at all, my email address is on the website. I'm Dennis Daniel, Exec Director, or E-X-E-C-D-I-R, at CentexCatholic.com. So what, what do you, what's your takeaway for today? If you had to summarize in 35 words or less, what, what would you say is your takeaway for today from what we've been hearing, what you've been saying? This is a rebuild year for the church, and we need men to help that happen. So guys... Come out, get engaged, get on fire, because we've got about six to nine months of of prep work that needs to be done before the vaccine is available all over the state. And, guys, we need you to to, to re-engage with your parishes and be ready to rebuild these parishes. Thank you so much, Dennis. I appreciate your coming here, and I thank all of our listeners today for what they have been doing, uh, listening to us and following up with us. Uh, We, again, heroic men dot com is an excellent website if you haven't gone to it go there uh, you will find more information than you ever wanted to have uh, it will also tell you about a lot of other the men's ministries that are out there and some of the material that's available and i just really want to thank you so much for listening uh, again it's gene wilhelm uh, your host today on red sea roundup and remember when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth always round up Since you wait